0: Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. A little uh, upset today at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, Did you hear about this, Matt? I
1: did
2: not know.
0: Uh, The suit picked Marco Andretti to win, as we know. He just finished two hours ago. <laughs> and Roger Penske is really upset because they had to pay overtime to all the people that were waiting for him to get there. You know the, Is that right? The dude, the dude with the flag, everything. <laughs> I, just another suit pick that goes awry. I just he, I mean, he just finished. Look at all. I mean, all the time and a half, Penske had to pay. There weren't any fans there. Marco just kept going around slower and slower. <sighs> no? You're not fine?
1: Well, I i would it only because I actually thought he he had a good chance to win myself. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair.
0: ah. <sighs> It's another. I mean, every year he picks a guy, and every year that guy goes backwards. Don't get it. All right, let's get to a couple items here before we get going today. And uh, Noah Levick will be joining us from NBC Sports Philadelphia to talk about the Sixers coaching situation. Several people in our building, by the way, applied for the job. And uh before we get into the football part of this, uh just a side note, two side notes. Number one, Nick Gonzalez was named the Pirates offensive player of the game last night. He walked.
1: Only the, the Pir- Pirates in this season would get no hit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he reached base, he walked. Yeah. 13 guys struck out. The other 14 put it in play. There are only four balls to the outfield, including the last one. Egad. And the Pirates are playing right now. And I know they're losing 4 nothing, but they got a hit. In fact, let's check and see who has that hit. At
1: least they got that going for them.
0: Well, no, I might as well get the offensive player of the game brought to you by Daly's Juice out of the way now. <laughs> um,. By the way, the Flyers have jumped out to a 1 0 lead on the Islanders. Woohoo!
1: What's needed?
0: It's not over yet. But I also would like to point out, in all fairness to you, that the uh, Islanders are a team that really does need to play with the lead. So, let's see. It's 5 0 White Sox and the Pirates. Oh, Cole Tucker has two hits. He is easily the offensive player of the game for the Pirates. Easily. In fact, I guess Dallas Keuchel, the starter for the White Sox, I guess they're going to make him run stairs. It's 5 nothing. 91-degree day in on the south side of Chicago.
1: I've walked He'll in Chicago with that heat. Yeah, that'll definitely get him a, a workout if this doesn't happen yeah. during the game today.
0: So there we are. That's that's the story to this point. Uh, Yankees and Atlanta at four ten doubleheader, two seven game, two uh, seven inning games. Phillies are taking on the uh, Nationals at six oh five. So it's a five thirty airtime on Eagle one oh seven. Phillies are eleven and fourteen. The Nationals are eleven and sixteen. All right. So now let's get to the football part of it. Uh, good. Uh, let's start with. <laughs> Do I really want to start with this? Yeah, I might as well. And the reason I'm going to start with, with with this is quite simple. It goes back to the point we've been making over and over again, that Penn State was getting it done. Did you see the latest testing results for Penn State? Latest testing results for Penn State Athletics. And this is for the period of August 17th to the 21st. Two hundred sixty-one COVID nineteen tests of student athletes. One positive test. There are nine pending. That I was on Sirius XM earlier today. And usually I have no problem answering questions. I mean, I try to keep everything as you know not being critical of anybody anything you know all he said was I, I would have waited on the decision which is what I've said here and then I'm focused on turning my attention to the spring which we're going to do here in a second because the decisions made there's nothing you can do about it you know but I got asked about James uh, and I said look I said he is as positive and upbeat as anybody I've ever seen in my life on everything everything so it doesn't mean he doesn't get upset once in a while, gets mad once in a while. He said, but he can turn it back to positivity in 30 seconds. I said, I said, he was down during that Zoom conference last week. I said, that's as down as I'm seeing him. I said, and, you know, I said, it hurts when you feel like you've done everything you can and you've done everything they've asked you to do. And they still tell you no. I said, you know, so that's how I explained it. I also explained that I you know, that whatever they do with a spring semester season, I, I said that uh, my hope is that they preserve a full twelve game regular season fall 2021 schedule. So I mean that's that's what a, how I answered. I think I kept everything pretty much on an even keel. wasn't critical of anybody anything. They asked about the parents letter, the two hosts. I said they just want transparency. They just want to know what the reasons are. I said they're entitled to that and that's about what I said the um, so let's get to the spring model then I'm going to tell you about something I did that was really cool this morning at least for me it was really cool it may not be cool for you something my good friend Tom McGrath and my good friend Gary Goloszewski. I guess Tom's the one that got Gary going on this. I'm going to talk about that in about five minutes here. The excellent work of Nate Bauer and Ryan Snyder from Blue White Illustrated has yielded this article on what a spring semester season could look like. A preset eight-game schedule... It would begin right around Wednesday, January 7th, or Thursday, January 8th, and then progress through the weekend. They don't want to have games overlapping. That way, there are multiple TV spots opened up. Every team gets one by weekend. Nate and Ryan both uh, talk about no games being held on campuses, Instead, moving the entirety of the schedule to neutral sites, which are to be determined. And you would think the neutral sites involve maybe Ford Field, U.S. Bank Stadium, Ford Field's in Detroit, U.S. Bank Stadium's in Minneapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium in Minneapolis, maybe even the uh, Edward Jones Dome in St. Louis as possibilities. I'm just throwing those out there. It's not in the report, but I'm throwing those possibilities out. A conference championship between the top two finishers in the East and the West would take place the second weekend in March at the Rose Bowl. There also is a possibility of an occurrence of a similar spring season for the Pac twelve and that the two conferences could fit their champions against each other in a traditional Rose Bowl. So that's what they're looking like what it looks like. Now, right now, they're allowed to go to the twelve hour practice week. They can do that through October fourth. And then after that, they're going to determine what they can do. NCAA has to tell them. But between now and October 4th, they have the 12-day practice week, the 12-hour practice weeks. You have to have two days off. You're allowed five hours on the field, helmets, spider pads. Everything else would be strength and conditioning and meetings. <clears throat> so according to Ryan Snyder and Nate Bauer, Blue illustrated eight-game schedule over nine weeks would start Wednesday, January 7th, or Thursday, January 8th. No home sites. Uh, staggering the games, so they're not overlapping. Again, no campus games, neutral sites, one by weekend. Conference championship game, second weekend in March at the Rose Bowl and then maybe an additional game for the champion against the Pac-12 champion also on the Rose Bowl. So there it is. It's not final, but we wanted to at least report what Nate Bauer and Ryan Snyder were able to find out between their shared reporting and get it out there so you can at least get an idea of what might be happening. No final decision yet. It's like yesterday we talked about the basketball schedule. Again, the basketball schedule uh, for the NCAA. Dan Gavitt is, again, Dan Gavitt inspires confidence on the NCAA level. If he thinks that uh, they can do it in in a certain time frame, a lot of people have confidence because of me. He's a steady, smart, level-headed guy. Sees the big picture. And obviously other people will be involved in the decision on the NCAA level conferences will have to buy into it as well but by September 16th we should know that now for the really side note neat thing that's not, not sports Tom McGrath we're both interested in in out in outer space. In fact, many people over the years have felt this show was in outer space. Especially Dick and Milton. Seems to no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, Dick. He's having some fun. And Gary is the same way. Well, they found this app for the International Space Station. And Tom got me the app, or told me where to find it. You go on the app and it tells you when the international space station is passing over your area. Now when I first put the app on it said no passes for 10 days. All right. Well now it's got passes all over the place, including this morning. And it stars out how well you can see it. It'll pass over at 4:50 tomorrow morning here, 2 stars. Uh, 5.37 on the Friday morning, two stars. But three stars, which was like this morning, at 4.52 Saturday morning, three stars. Then there's a series of one stars up through September 2nd. So this morning, I had to put the dogs out anyway, early in the morning. So I set the alarm, and it's going to pass over at 5.35. So I set the alarm for like 5 o'clock, 5.15, somewhere near. there. Got up, took the dogs out, looked up, and I watched it pass over the house. It looks like a star, obviously, which is what you would think it would look like. But, you know, the stars are stationary. Every once in a while, maybe you'll see a meteor shower or somebody will see a comet. This is just this steady, star-like, very steady, from one end of the horizon... Flies right over the top of you, keeps on going. Five minutes later it finally disappears. It was, actually, it was actually, you know, I thought it was a really cool thing. Now you're saying, was it worth getting up at 535 to see? Yeah. I'm standing out there and looking around thinking, man, this is really cool. That's me. Everybody has their own interests. But, I thought, man, that's Now, is it better when it passes by it? Ten o'clock at night, yeah, <laughs> as opposed to five thirty-five in the morning. I thought, hey, I hadn't seen it before. I wanted to see it, so I did. So Tom and Gary, Tom especially, is the one that got it going. You know, Gary's involved, and in, I think Tom got Gary into it too. But you like that, and you know, that's if you're into, into if you're into the space program and so forth. I just thought it was a really neat thing. It was flying on it's looks like a This looks like a moving star. Now to be honest with you, I think it's a better story than Marco Andretti just finished two hours ago. <laughs> Because I just went out on my own and, and took a look at it. There was no time and a half involved. Like the guy that was holding, he had to hold up the white flag for him. Then the checker flag's like, oh, come on, let's go.
1: That is cool, All though. The,
0: oh, I, I, was, I was fascinated by it. Now, the next time I look at it, I'd like it to be like quarter after 10 at night. All right, let's go out, let's take a look. But for the first time through, it was worth it. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. If you're looking for a brand new vehicle Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. They've got great new vehicles. Maybe a pre owned vehicle is up your alley. They do extensive checks which are better than anybody else's. And they have a great inventory of pre-owned vehicles. Great time to deal, too. You notice how home sales and car sales are all up? Impressive. And when you go to Sunbury Motors or Sunbury Motors Kia, they will sit down and they'll work it out with you, with you in mind. Great service department as well. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. I was telling you about the idea of playing the spring semester in dome stadiums, and I talked about Lucas Oil Stadium, the Edward Jones Dome, Ford Field, U.S. Bank Stadium, and I mentioned the Carrier Dome. I forgot one other one. It's not in any report, but I wanted to at least throw this out there. Think about it in the confines of the Big Ten. What about Miller Park in Milwaukee? Now, I don't know how you can set up what, you know, obviously being a baseball park, you can fit a football field inside there. We see it all the time. Fenway Park has games, or you're going to have a bowl game. Uh, You have, where the San Francisco Giants play, it was was AT&T Stadium, don't know what it is now, Chase Field at... um, uh, Where the Arizona Diamondbacks play in Phoenix, Yankee Stadium is used for football. What about Miller Park? That's a domed park as well. So it does give you some options. It does give you some options? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I was just sitting there thinking about what other domes could there possibly be. In Big Ten country, and I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, because I did. I just did the game in, at Marquette two years ago. Miller Park is a huge structure. You're, you're driving, you driving from the airport up here on the highway. You look out there; it stands out because it's it's huge. And that's one I forgot, and I think a lot of other people forgot about because I haven't seen a single story mentioning it. And I wonder if that comes into play just as an additional venue, because, I mean, the Brewers aren't going to be playing there in January, February. They're not going to be playing there. They're going to be, you know, in February, they're going to be at spring training. Just a thought. So they have more options, I think, than people realize. All right. Well, right now, the Philadelphia 76ers have some options. When it comes to looking for a new head coach, Noah Levick joins us from NBC Philadelphia Noah, welcome, great to have you with us Absolutely, thanks for,
1: thanks for having me on, See you.
0: Okay, so let's start with this uh, Brett Brown was there, what, seven seasons uh, He guided them through tough times He started getting things going In the end, though, what really did him in?
1: Well, I think um, ultimately this year he very early set the expectation for them that he wanted the number one seed in the Eastern Conference and they fell well short of that, being swept in the first round. So um, I think a lot of that can be blamed on the roster that was constructed not fitting especially well and the Al Horford and Tobias Harris moves um, certainly being ineffective. Um, But... Ultimately, he was the one who, um, I think, took the fall for some of those issues. And then, in addition to that, um, you have players like Josh Richardson saying that Brown didn't do enough to hold the team accountable and at certain standards there, um, and they thought it was time for a new voice.
0: All right. So, what are some of the possibilities for that, quote, new voice I've already read one article in the Athletic that brought up the name that we all thought we'd see, and that's Jay Wright. Right.
1: Yeah, Jay Wright certainly an intriguing possibility. Um, the big question there being um, whether he would be willing to to leave, you know, a very excellent job um, where he's, you know, a legend at Villanova. Another uh, name that has been reported um, is Teron Liu. Um, currently the lead assistant on the Clippers, won a a championship with LeBron James um, in his first experience as a head coach with the Cavaliers. And another candidate um, I think certainly worth tracking is Ime Udoka, who was Brown's lead assistant this year. Um, He was kind of the de facto defensive coordinator um, and he spent seven seasons under Greg Popovich, so he has a, a strong pedigree. Um, the question there would be whether perhaps he would be enough of a new voice um, given that he was part of the organization this season and, you know, associated with some of the failures there and um, led a defense that was disappointing um, given the, the talent on the roster. But uh, yeah, those are a few early names I would say to, to watch in the search uh, that have been reported.
0: What about personnel moves? I mean, in the end, it's one thing to, to walk in and coach it. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll shape it this way. The Celtics have out in some ways, uh, look, taking Tatum and making the deal to drop down to three because they didn't want Marco Fultz. Uh, they, tra- they, they drafted Jalen Brown, but they added in Gordon Hayward, and they added in, added in Kemba Walker. They added in a fit. Are there going to be personnel changes with the Sixers because it, it didn't look like they fit?
1: Definitely agreed on that front. Um, I, unfortunately, I think their possibilities are limited because of the long-term lucrative commitments that they've made. Um, you have Tobias Harris on a five-year, $180 million contract. Al Horford's deal is for four years and $97 million guaranteed. As far as um, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are concerned, Elton Brand was was pretty firm in a conference call yesterday in saying he's not looking to trade those guys. He's looking to complement them better. Um, but I would think outside of those two, other moves um, are things that they would look to explore. Um, it, it's just a question of whether you're going to be able to get anything half-decent in return from that. Uh, but when you look at, like, Al Warford, Maybe a team like the Sacramento Kings uh, would be willing to engage engage there. You know, they have a few guys, perhaps um, that might be of interest to the Sixers. If you look at like a uh, Body Healed, Harrison Barnes, and bon- Nemanja Bjelica, um, you know, that's that's one possibility. Um, I'm sure of several that they will explore. But um, after what Al Horford showed this season. It's difficult to believe that you're going to get a great, uh, great return from, from for him. Rather, um, I think Josh Richardson um, is a name that might be able to get you something you know, somewhat attractive. Um, he's under team control next year, then uh, has a player option the season after that. But uh, you know, he's a 26 year old player yeah. who um, I think didn't have you know a great first season in Philadelphia. Dealt with some injuries. But um, in terms of someone who might be able to fetch you something decent in a trade, he's a name um, you know that would fit
0: that description. Uh, let me ask about Tobias Harris for a moment. You, you see Lou Williams, for example, thriving with the Clippers in that role. Now that role is pretty defined for him with Kawhi Leonard and and Paul George, although Paul George's role we're not sure is a lot of shots. Uh But... <laughs> Where does Tobias Harris fit with this team, and and how much better does he need to be to make the overall operation better?
1: He needs to be better, yeah. Um, Just the playoff performance in particular was well below the standard that they need. um, For him, a big point of emphasis um, is getting to the foul line more. It's something that he's not very good at, and um, it's something – If you look at players who score 19 or, you know, 20 points per game or higher, he's among the worst in the league at that category of getting to the free-throw line. Additionally, with him, something Brett Brown was always stressing was hunting threes, so just taking open three-point shots instead of passing them up or pump faking and then attempting, you know, more inefficient uh, mid-range shots. But, look, they banked on his development and his upside when they gave him this contract. Um, I think there were some encouraging signs in the regular season and moments here and there where he looked like a guy who could score in isolation, who could attack mismatches. Um, But then the playoff performance, I think, is extremely discouraging. Um, So, yeah, you know, if he's still part of this picture um, long-term, he's just going to need, firstly, to, to... hit those open three-point shots at the rate he did, you know, when he was a clipper, Um, maybe make some improvements on getting to the free-throw line and um, not come up small, you know, when the games matter in the playoffs.
0: Uh, Is there any thought of just tearing it down and starting over again, or is the thought process, look, we'll start with the coach and then we'll see how it goes?
1: Definitely, um, I think probably the latter is is much more likely. Um, we are, it sounds like, going to see some changes, significant changes in the front office. So, Brand yesterday admitted that this collaborative, consensus-oriented approach did not work, and um, that they're going to be reassessing their front office operations. So, I think specifically, um, you look at Alex Rucker, the Executive VP of Basketball Operations, um, the Assistant GM, Ned Cohen. um, Those were, you know, two holdovers from the Klandrilo regime who haven't done much to help the team. Um, And Brand mentioned that they might, you know, be looking to incorporate more basketball minds into the operation and just um, really making large changes in how their front office operates. Um, the obvious sort of question there is why wouldn't you know Elton Brand be part of that change? He mm-hmm. hasn't done a very good job, um, but he still has this support of Josh Harris and David Blitzer, You know the ownership, which is all important here, um, so that they trust that he has learned perhaps from some of his mistakes, and he is still going to hold significant power. Uh, so, yeah, it's on him to... Determine whether you know there's there's a good way out of the, the Horford contract, um, and whether there are ways to um, build a better team around Simmons and Embiid, despite the difficult situation they have themselves in with this roster construction and the fact that they're going to be uh, paying the luxury tax for the foreseeable future.
0: Well, that's okay because they they were, you know, during when they were tanking, they were at the floor. So this this is balance (laughs) Exactly Uh, It's interesting you said The the basketball people Uh, How uh, We know that this was An analytics driven Deal as to how they went About this this is one of Daryl Morey's Proteges that at one point Was there trying to run the show he's no longer There are they still going to be An analytics driven organization though
1: I think um I think most you know most teams in the n b a now nowadays there are now certain conventional analytics principles that all good teams adopt um but yeah, judging by Brown's comments, I wouldn't be surprised um if there are some hires where you know analytics isn't necessarily their uh, calling card per se um but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that. Analytics, you know, in and of itself is a bad thing. Um, and you wow. look at how they, yeah, you look at how they built this, how they built this roster. Um, you know, perhaps they should have been more in line um, with some of this modern MBA wisdom of more three-point attempts are a good thing, and you know, guards who can facilitate and create their own shot, um, you know, have a lot of value. Um, you know, they they ended up build, building a team that. Probably would have been better suited for the game, you know, fifteen or twenty years ago, um and yeah, that that ended up uh, backfiring big time.
0: No, I appreciate your time very much. Thank you.
1: Absolutely, thank you, Steve.
0: Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. All right, uh, so let's get you up to date. Uh, Everything in the NBA is later today. Orlando, Milwaukee starting in six minutes. Bucks up three games to one. Oklahoma City and Houston. Series tied at two at 630. Lakers and Portland at nine tonight. Lakers up three games to one, but Damian Lillard will not play tonight. NHL end of one. The Flyers lead the Islanders 3-0.
2: Good start. What a start, baby.
0: Trying to even that series. Tampa Bay after another overtime win last night. They will take on the Bruins tonight at eight. That series tied at one. Colorado and the Dallas Stars. Stars lead at two games to none. And that is where they are right now. The Celtics and the Raptors are talking about boycotting game one of their NBA playoff series. Uh, Both sides are doing this in the wake of the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And The players are thinking about boycotting game one tomorrow. Uh, Blake was shot evidently seven t- seven times in the back as he attempted to enter the driver's side door of his vehicle, and three of his children were actually inside the vehicle. And the coaches, Nick Nurse and Brad Stevens, you know, they're saying whatever the players decide, they'll abide by They're talking about boycotting tomorrow's game. Now, yesterday, the Detroit Lions did not practice because of what happened at Kenosha. So far, only the Celtics and Raptors have broached the topic of potentially not playing. Uh, the other games that are scheduled for today: the Bucks, Magic, Thunder, Rockets, and Lakers. Blazers are all scheduled to take place. Other games uh, that are scheduled to take place tomorrow include Nuggets, Jazz, Clippers, Mavericks. So they're talking about boycotting Game One. So you know, obviously they'd play Game One, but they wouldn't play until. I don't know. Friday? Saturday? But that's what they're discussing. So uh, at least make sure you're up to date on that as to what uh, what they're thinking. And you're saying, hey, I want to watch the Raptors game. Uh, maybe not. Doug in Wellsboro. Doug, how is life? Up Steven, north? How are you? I'm well. Thanks for asking.
2: This is real quick, but you were saying about watching the the uh, space station go over. Have you yeah. ever heard of Cherry Spring State Park up here?
0: I have. I've never been to it though, Doug.
2: I have. It's a designated dark sky park. It's one of the last few remaining unpolluted light uh, light you know dark sky on the eastern east coast. Um, okay. If you go up there, they hold classes and stuff like that, run through the state park. But if the grandkids ever come down, you guys should come up and see it. They, they, they set up, they have all the astronomers there and stuff, and they explain what you're seeing. And there's, like, all these satellites going over, just like you said.
0: It's, it's, I would love to see that. That's a great idea. I would love to take that. My, my two older grandchildren are 12 and 9, And they're both fascinated by this, especially my grandson. My my granddaughter is, too. And I'd love to have them take a look. That's a great idea.
2: Just Google it because it's a a PA state park, and it gives you all the information, the best times, stuff like that. If the northern lights are strong enough, we can see them up here, um, especially at that state park.
0: That is awesome. Thanks for suggesting that, Doug. I appreciate that.
2: Yep, just Google
0: it. Um, okay. Hey, that, that I'm going to. Thank you so much. Yeah, it really was neat to watch it last night. And boy, Doug's got a great idea. Now, the, the little ones, I've got one turning four on Monday. Uh, They may you know, they're a few years away. But the two older ones that are 12 and 9, they're into that stuff. They like it.
1: I got to think of that from when Luke's older.
0: Oh, my grand my granddaughter is very fascinated by knowledge. And my oldest grandson has a lot of w- wide range of interests including space and stars. <laughs>